Welcome to another year of We Are Here To, a podcast about mental health and life abroad. For those who are new to the podcast in 2024, my name is Francesca. I'm an Italian counsellor and I'm based in Bonn, Scotland. And for those who are coming back to the podcast, thank you very much for the support you've shown so far. I'm always amazed at all these downloads that you guys are doing to support the podcast, even during the month that I haven't published a single episode. And so this brings me to the first point of today's episode, which is about like, uh, what has happened? Why was I um, offline for, I think now it's going to be like three months, three full months, and uh, what is going to happen with the podcast? Because I know that I promised that this entire season, at the end of season two, was going to be about relationships, but um, things changed. uh, And I would like to introduce you to what I have in mind now. The truth is the structure of the podcast as it is now is not really working for me. And although I came here today uh, to start something about relationships, I found myself really wanting to talk about what is current and the structure as it is now is not going to offer it. But don't get me wrong, we're still going to talk about relationships. It's just that it's not going to be an entire season around that. And so without further ado, let's get started. Well, it's a bit daunting to start talking again (laughs) to a microphone with no one in front of me after I think it's been already like six months. So I'm recording at the end of February. I'm not sure when I'm going to post this, but most likely it's going to be March, so not long to go. Um, Today, I thought we could talk about identity. If you want and you're curious about it, you can go and check episode three from season one about, you know, identity and identity loss. And I think that's a good place to start or at least to have a sense of like how this episode is connected in general to the sense of identity. But today I want to introduce something that may feel a bit uh, controversial as a topic (laughs) around identity. And I'm doing so because that's uh, something that, you know, came up to me when I started thinking about me as a migrant, as someone who moved abroad and, you know, the difference in attitudes that I had when I first moved abroad to now. And guys, here we're talking about like almost like 20 years of life abroad in different places. So um, there is a lot there. And in between, I retrained as a counsellor, so, and I had plenty of therapy as well. So a lot of things shifted, and the understanding that I, that I have of myself now, the things that I did back then, completely changed. So bear with me. Actually, I was also thinking that maybe this is a very good point where to start. The sense that I made back then, so when I was, um, first time I was 20, uh, when I moved out. So the sense that I made of my um, needs of moving out and my identity and what was happening uh, when I was that young and I was going for an Erasmus program. So it was a very, for me, that was a very sheltered experience of life abroad. Uh, I 
I, I thought like, oh, that's great. I can't wait to move to move out of my family home. I can't wait to meet new people. I can't wait to speak English all the time. I can't wait to experience something new. I was like incredibly excited and I loved the idea. And then for sure, during that time, a lot of things happened. Uh, but I, the excitement, the excitement of being away from family home to a new country. And by the way, guys, that was Wales. It was in Cardiff. So not sure if any of you live there. I love that place. I loved Wales. Uh, I love being an Erasmus student. So you, you can imagine, right? Like what, what, how can I even describe that experience? That was just amazing to me from so many different angles. And then I think that was the first time where I felt like I needed to, uh, to, to, to integrate differently. Um, most of my flatmates were from the UK, um, mainly from England, and uh, a couple were from abroad. And I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be part of them. And that's the first time that I felt the pull of like integration and adaptation, which nowadays I can call that way. Back then, I couldn't. And I really wanted to give it all of myself. I was just like, just experience, just take me in. <laughs> I just want it all. And and although I was still like meeting and hanging around with a couple of Italian friends, and I then eventually met other Italian people, you know, my, my flatmates were pretty central to me and my experience there. And that meant that there were certain things that I needed to do a bit differently than the ones that I was doing as very much Italian, thinking I was still in Italy, right? Because that, that was the problem. I, I, I was still thinking that I was in Italy and, uh, you know, whatever I was, however I was behaving was, you know, was, was um, accepted and welcomed when actually it wasn't. And... Although I didn't make any sense of it back then, because I loved that experience so much. Um, when I went to my other experience abroad, um, I think that was a couple of years later. Uh, no, a few years later, actually. Um, and I ended up living in Cyprus. Uh, I actually faced, faced quite heavily um, against, you know, the idea that, the way that I was behaving was not okay, you know. And guys, I'm not like, talking about anything like incredibly, um, incredibly, you know, wrong. I was not doing anything wrong. You know, maybe there was a way that I was talking which was very animated, okay. Like it was basically, um, I was basically sweating emotions, okay, if you want something very graphic. Uh, I was moving my hands quite a lot, like, you know, I was gesticulating heavily, you know, I was very loud uh, in the way that I was talking, like my volume was quite, quite loud. And, you know, I was talking. I am a storyteller. And maybe that's the reason why I have a podcast now. But, you know, that was clearly something that did not agree with the people that I was meeting or their characters or, you know, culturally what they were used to. You know, but at the time I was so young. Or I was seeing myself as such a young, you know, person and had no understanding of uh, the world around me and the fact that maybe some of the things that I was absorbing, absorbing 
were not necessarily belonging to me. They were belonging to this other person and these other people, like, you know, um, for example, like gesticulating that heavily. Fine. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way that I express myself. And, you know, nowadays I'm wondering what all of those years of like reducing my gesticulation and, you know, moderating my tone of voice and moderating my storytelling, I don't know, skills and um, and new nuances and whatever it is that I that I bring to life when I tell a story. I'm thinking about like, you know, what are the consequences of that? And also like at the time I did not know, I did not know that I could be me in another country. You know, I at the time I simply thought, okay, like you don't like me, I'm just gonna go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna change. I'm gonna try not to move my hands that much. I'm gonna try not to, you know, be too loud when I speak. And I don't know, I'm not gonna I don't know what else I was doing that was not accepted. But you know what I mean? Like I was so young and I had no much sense of who I was as a person. The idea or the need to be loved you know, and to be um, accepted was so high in me that I was not really understanding all of these other, you know, nuances and what it meant to really adapt. And then the question was like, am I adapting to the environment or am I adapting to the people around me? You know, am I adapting to the new culture or am I, am I adapting to the idea that the people around me have about me adapting? You know what I mean? It's a bit it's it's a bit complicated um thinking but that's where where I was at and I think this is this is the problem right like I wanted people to like me and that was so heightened in me not only because of the person that I was at the time you know that I had that sense of like I need to people please but it was also because I had no one else around me I had no support network I had no emotional net support network around me no friends no family everything was new I didn't know my surroundings very well I hadn't connected to the environment yet you know there was so much novelty that although that was incredibly excited for me was still unsettling you know, and whether I wanted to admit that or not at the time, that was like the main reason that actually pushed me to see these other people's words and behaviors as if, you know, as if like they were like, you know, everything and they were like uh, the word, like you're telling me the truth and I just have to follow, you know, my gesturing, my gesticulating is too much. Okay, I'm gonna tone it down and that's it that's it that's how like an identity a personality changes you know like the for me was the need to be liked but also I was given a new opportunity here and although the opportunity came quite forcefully with Francesca don't do this Francesca people don't like that Francesca this is rude Francesca we don't like it which was horrible okay it was a very horrible experience but I was given an amazing an opportunity which is something that I didn't know I wanted which was the one of like I just want to leave um, all the suffering behind and the more I was integrating English and the more I was integrating like the new cultures um, uh, habits 
into my own, the more I was creating space in my head, I could think more clearly, um, I would be able to feeling, you know, be able to feel relaxed. It's something that I don't remember feeling much when I was much younger. You know, I got all of these opportunities that I was like, hey, I love this. And, you know, but without knowing that actually I was trying not to process something and that um, there was so much resentment about my country in the same, you know, at the same time. And then I started counseling training and it completely moved upside down everything that I knew about myself and how I was making sense of the world. Because yes, counseling does that. And at the time I was um, doing my training, I was also receiving counseling. And those were pretty hard years, if I may say. And I'm not sure if there are other counselors or uh, psychotherapists out there listening to this. So you guys, you know what I'm talking about. But it was so interesting, Um, although pretty brutal at times. It was so interesting for me to be uh, faced against one of the things that I really try hard to hide and put in a box in a corner or basically not even in a corner. It was like far away from where I was. So I would never have to see it again. And that was really my relationship with my home country. Consider that by the time I started my counselling training, it had been already a good, I would say, 10 years of me, um, you know, living abroad (laughs) and having an identity that was like a bit of a mix of like, uh, I'm Italian, but I'm not Italian, I'm from somewhere else, but not really from somewhere else. And I can create an entire podcast episode on this, but that's not the point. But you just, just think about this, right? Like, over 10 years of like being away from my country and not feeling like I really wanted my country being part of my identity. I go on the training, I'm asked questions about whether I would plan to go back to my home country for a living, whether I was going to counsel Italian clients in Italian. I was asked uh, many different other questions that were um, on the surface, unrelated, but very relatable to to this uh, idea of like identity, who I am, what am I not trying to see or connect to. And then it clicked. It really clicked. Uh, once someone mentioned something about their needs of um, separating what it used to be to what was now, And I realized, basically, that's what I was doing. I was running away from Italianness, whether Italianness is a word, but, you know, I was running away from what I used to be, what was still part of me in a way. And I was doing all my best to to suppress it. And I was suppressing it by doing everything in uh, English language. I was doing my best by not connecting to other Italians um, in in Glasgow, where I studied. Uh, I try my best doing that by not engaging with any other foreigners and only trying and hang around with like uh, locals. I did my best uh, by um, making sure that I would not engage anymore like as much with Italian food. 
Uh, although the, that was a bit of a survival thing, like, <laughs> you know, that I, I think, I personally think there is a lot that can be gained by uh, connecting to the local produce and cooking uh, local recipes, you know, that exist for a reason. <laughs> so let's lean into that. And there is another uh, podcast episode <laughs> for you guys um, that I'm planning to make in the future. But, you know, that said, you know, I, I really like I used to eat pasta every day, guys, like very stereotypical Italian, although I don't think all the Italians eat pasta every day. That That's, you know, part of the stereotype that maybe it's not necessarily true, but I used to and I stopped, you know, because I was like, why? And and also, I was not only doing all of these things, but I was also accusing others of not trying enough. I was mad at them. You know, I would actually trash them with other friends of mine who were on the same wavelength as me. I mean, it was really horrible behavior, okay? Like, I'm not condoning that at all. You know, but they're like, I couldn't even see how wrong that was. Um, first of all, for trashing other people's attempts to um, survive life abroad. But also, I could not understand that actually that was like my coping strategy. You know, my coping strategy to make sure that I could survive, that I could be okay. Because life for me before wasn't all of that like amazing beautiful thing although I still have many enjoyable memories about my home country but at the time I was in so much suffering that I really really wanted to close a chapter there and I was succeeding you know by the time I finished my counseling training I think I I succeeded there was nothing Italian left in my life which doesn't mean that I don't have an accent. But see, even the accent, guys, even the accent, I try my best to get rid of it in so many ways. I have managers telling me that actually my way of talking was too firm. It was coming a bit like mechanical, you know, which fair enough, you know, I, you know, English is not my first language, you know, and the way that I'm speaking now is not the way that I was speaking when I first moved to the country. But even like some directiveness and firmness that comes maybe in a way that, you know, someone um, from a Mediterranean country uses um i i changed that like i tried you know it's not necessary that i changed that like i i changed that at the beginning and now i'm just like no wait a second you know i want that back you know all my assertiveness you know and these can overlap other topics about you know other things another episode <laughs> bear with me guys uh, otherwise, I open other parentheses and we are already almost like hitting the 20 minute mark with this episode, you know, but there are so many things that, um, uh, yeah, they, they were happening. The accent I was saying, like, as if it's not OK to show people that I'm a foreigner, as if it's not OK to show people how proud I am of my language, how much heritage you know, and love there is in my mother tongue. And there is this beautiful poem. And I really hope one day that I could interview 
the author of this beautiful poem that talks about mother tongues. But that's for another time again. Uh, but you know what I mean. And now I'm just like, well, now I have the accent that I have. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to change it again. Uh, but for sure, I'm not going to make an extra effort not to sound Italian. Okay, and sometimes I do. Uh, not now, but sometimes I do. I sound more Italian than others. So, we are coming to an end of today's episodes and I have uh, a couple of questions for you based on what I've shared today. First one being, if you're someone who's loving the new country so much, uh, maybe because of opportunities and what is happening, maybe you're less discriminated, you get like a better work-life balance. You know, there may be so many reasons why we love the new life and there may be so many reasons why we hate, you know, and I'm, and I'm not using this word this word lightly, right? Okay, hate. But maybe there's so many reasons why we hate our home country, so for me, it's important here to ask, where is the pain? You know, what is it that is asking you not to connect to what your oranges are? What can you do to tend to that? Like with tenderness, there is so much power in healing old wounds. There is so much lightness in letting go. We don't have to hold on to the pain, you know, because when we put things and we push them on a side and we try not to see them and we try to screen them out, actually the pain is still there. It's still, it is still unprocessed in a corner. It is threatening. It threatens to come up again. You know, it comes up maybe when we're asked about our home country. It is. It comes up maybe when it's time to organize holidays and people in the, you know, in the home country, they're asking you why now you're coming back. Um, it comes up when we meet another person from our own country and we try to ignore them or to avoid them or we just label them like, oh, you know, like, oh, another X was that nationality or, you know, the bother of meeting with it, right? The other question is, how do you make space for all the tension that comes from having this, like, foreign identity? Because the reality being, we are not the person we used to be in our home country. And for sure, we are not, like, you know, someone from, you know, the, the, the country that is hosting us. We are somewhere in between. And there is tension, right? Like, there has to be, we're bound to leave that tension because we are the living proof of a cultural clash, okay? So how can we create, create space for that? So rather than, like, swallowing us, it actually uplifts us and it makes us like much better people for ourselves for the people in our life you know we can extend the to to others to the world to the other living being to the environment you know what do we need to embrace it and you know soften it and with that said the episode is coming to an end 
thank you very much for staying and I'm looking forward to having you here again on We Are Here To, a podcast about uh, mental health and life abroad. See you next time. Bye.